Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. What's up, Stevie Stacks? What is up, Micah man? I'm chilling, yourself? Oh man, freaking stressed out from trying to keep everything organized and Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com, chaos going on. It's just a mess, dude. Oh man, that's why you got to switch to hostfully, bro. Then you ain't got to be dependent on the big OTAs. What's hostfully? The guidebook people? Nah, nah. Not only do they have guidebooks, they also have a property management platform system that they now use. Uh, We use Hostfully. It takes care of all our direct bookings. It manages all of our calendars all in one place. And we can even provide discount codes to our guests that book directly on our website. And it integrates with a Boostly's website as well, which provides our websites. Mm, I have a Boostly. I want to start getting some direct bookings. Oh, man, that's why you got to get switched to Hostfully and set up that Boostly integration, get your website up, and it helps you with your Google AdWords. So then you're no longer being PIMP'd by Airbnb. (laughs) I like that, man. We keep it real. It sounds like Hostfully keeps it real, too. Yes, sir. Hostfully. Ho, ho, Hostfully. Hi, this is Will Slickers with Hospitality.fm, and we would love to hear your thoughts about this podcast and what draws you to continue to listen or to even start listening in the first place. If you could fill out the survey with the link in the show notes, we would love your feedback. And now, back to the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. (laughs) I had to do the intro myself because Micah couldn't join us. You know, got a family thing going on, and so we wish him the best. So it's going to be just me, Stevie Stacks, doing the interview today on this episode. 235 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world coming at you from Fort Worth, Texas. And we have a special guest. How you doing? Hey. Special guest. <laughs> a little awkward because <laughs> I have my partner with me, but I'm a, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be all right. So I'm gonna we have a special guest. Her name is Charlie Nikia, right? Nikia. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let me read your little bio if you don't mind. So as an experienced entrepreneur, Charlie Nikia is well-versed in the world of business. She has been a solo entrepreneur since February 2015, working for herself and running her own business, not looking back at her old life in law enforcement. She has claimed the title mompreneur as she continues to write books, speak at speaking engagements, and spread the word about credit literacy. She is an author of the book Paychecks to Profits, where she gives readers the one-on-one playbook to financial freedom. The serial entrepreneur is a growing, this serial entrepreneur is a growing leader in the short-term rental industry and continues to grow her business every day. Charlie continues to set the bar high and won't allow her dreams to be broken. She also prides herself on showing aspiring and new entrepreneurs to change how to change their mindset about their view on money and credit. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Hey, how are you? That bio is a little outdated. I need to update that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> first of all, entrepreneur at all. <laughs> first of all, um, that you got an amazing background back there. Uh, where are you? Where are you at located? I'm in Miami. I'm oh, in the beautiful 305. It's a little chilly out here. That's why I got my um, I got on my hoodie, my sweatshirt. <laughs> Anything below 60 is like freezing. We got to bring out the fur coats. 
but yeah 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 I have, I have friends down there and they always brag they always send me pictures of the weather whenever our temperature drops below 30 they just start sending me pictures everywhere in the country's frozen except for florida <laughs> yes i was just in toronto oh my god and it was like 13 degrees i was like i gotta get back home this is not this is not the life i'm sorry <laughs> that's crazy so do you do short-term rentals in miami yes i do i have five here in miami yeah, Miami's oh. not the easiest place in the world to do short-term rentals because of the restrictions with the HOAs and people just, it has Airbnb has such a negative connotation with a lot of these condo associations. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've heard it's pretty strict out there. Now, is it the city that's strict to what particular rules they have in place? Some of the places where the cities will allow you, it's not the city, it's the HOA that won't allow it. Oh, okay. So the city's pretty, I mean, they're open to it, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, it's usually the HOAs, unless you're like going to the beach, the beach is just a headache because they have like a whole enforcement team. And yeah, it's like, you feel like you're selling cocaine. All you want to do is do short-term rentals and you feel like it's not <laughs> easier to sell coke there than to do a short-term exactly, rental. Exactly. <laughs> That's cool. So, so how did you go from, from law enforcement to, to short-term rentals? It's crazy because I didn't jump straight into short-term rentals. I went from law enforcement to owning a bakery. Mm. Um, because you know, there's no handbook in being an entrepreneur. So usually when you leave your nine to five, I don't know if I can curse. I'm not gonna curse. You're just doing oh, stuff. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So you're just doing shit. You're just out here trying to find your way and figure out, okay, what's going to make some money that I don't have to go back to work. That was the whole game plan for me. But I had the support of my husband. We opened the bakery. That was a disaster. It was a, a I, I call it a beautiful disaster, like a beautiful nightmare, because I didn't realize how much would entail in the food business and the profit margins would be so thin. But I jumped into Airbnb or short-term rentals per se um, after letting that go. And I kind of really figured out the credit game. And I was trying to look for ways to leverage my credit and get me some income producing assets without having to come out of my pocket so heavy. So short-term rentals was the way because it was low overhead costs. And it was just a much easier way to get into real estate. Yes. I mean, I've heard it. The, the food industry is pretty tough. So... Mm -hmm at least you started a business that was like, like super hard to do and super hard to be successful in. And then you went yeah. from there and the short-term rentals must've felt easy. Yeah. And it, it helped me with management. So that's why I was like, I'm not a solopreneur. So it helped me understand the importance of building a team, running the show with people and automating and delegating and not just trying to run, just carry the whole business on my back. Mm. And, and how did that um, teach you credit literacy? I'm sorry. What was that? And how did that teach you the credit literacy part of it? Oh, well, the credit literacy happened after the after the bakery failed because I was a cash strapped business and didn't have money. And I was like, damn, just if we would have had our credit and my husband, if I would have had my credit straight, we wouldn't have went through this. I could have got borrowed money from the bank. So that's when I pretty much jumped in the credit head first after selling the bakery, just trying to figure out how do I leverage the bank's money instead of using my own money. My first business I started with the bakery, I used my pension money. When my husband gave me $10,000 of his money first, and then I used the rest from my pension. So I didn't even use the bank's money. I just used all of my own liquid capital. So I was like, I'm never doing that again. I'm going to play with the bank's money this time instead of playing with mine. Mm, yeah, yeah. OPM all day, right? Other exactly. people's money. OPM, OPP, all that stuff. <laughs> other people's money, other people's property. 
I'm about all that. <laughs> hey, that's true. That's true. Now, now a lot of people, you know, and, and the Dave Ramsey, you know, set of people are afraid to use credit for anything, right? So, so what, why should they not fear using credit to, to advance their businesses? Um, because for one, you can stay liquid, you know, that you want to have as much liquidity is the name of the game. You want to be as liquid as possible. And then for two, you know, the banks got more money than if you was to go and, you know, have to go try to work overtime to get the extra money or try to create a savings. Like you could just leverage your credit score and get up to 250,000 in unsecured funding from the bank. It just makes sense. Um, and then it also gives, it just pretty much buys you time to pay them back. And then you can go and secure more properties. Do, your, your reach can be much farther versus doing it by yourself using your own cash. Hmm. All right. So <laughs> how the hell do I get my hands on $250,000 of unsecured cash from the bank? Hey, you got to get that credit score up, baby. You got to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get some buying power. You need, like I tell people, well, for one, you know, if you want to have at least a 680 credit score, you want to add some buying power to your credit report, meaning like high limit cards. I'm not really big on loans. I don't like loans. I, unless we're doing like uh traditional real estate, but I prefer lines of credit, business lines of credit. It's, you know, for one, it's recyclable money. You can use, you use it once, use it again. If it's on the business side, it doesn't affect utilization for us. Cause you know, there's different factors when it comes to your credit score. So, um, but you know, you just want to definitely work on the credit score first. You want to make sure that um, you're not, not paying stuff late. You're not maxing out your cars on your personal side. And then you can add trade lines to add more buying power. Trade line is being an authorized user on someone's credit card, but you want to add buying power to your credit report. So you can give the banks, give you higher limits um, when you apply and then pretty much use that money to do what you got to do. And so add by I add buying power. What do you mean by that? Um, so say, for instance, your highest credit limit is five hundred dollars. Right. So, you know, it's just a strategy that you can use in this and it's legal and it's not whether or not people think it's morally right. Hey, I ain't the morality police here, but <laughs> you pretty much are added as an authorized user. Say, for instance, you add me as an authorized user to your credit card, you have a $10,000 card that has five years of age on it. So now, instead of me just having a $500 card, now I have also a $10,000 credit card reporting. So I just pretty much added a little bit more buying power so that I can kind of show the banks that I've been responsible, even though that card is not mine, but just kind of convincing them just using that strategy to give me a higher, higher limit cards. Mm. Now, now... When you do, when someone does add you as an authorized user, that might sound like a dumb question. Do they have to go on there and, and, and call that number and actually activate the card? Is that is that part of it? Well, usually when you're, you don't see the card, you don't touch it, you don't feel it, you don't do anything. The owner of that card or the company that you go through to buy the, the, the authorized user trade line, they're going to handle everything. You're just going to get the benefit of being added to the card. But I tell people to be very careful because the same way that that can help you, it can hurt you if the owner of that card pays anything late or they max that card out. So you want to be careful. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Choose choose the who you want to piggyback on uh, wisely, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's funny because I have um, my partner in my business, Federico, and his wife, they recently moved here from Argentina, right? And okay. so, um, and Mike has always preached that too. He's always preached the trade lines thing. And so they got here, they have no credit, no nothing, no history, no nothing, right? So they're, they're going to live here. And so I went ahead and first I added um, his wife, you know, Carolina on, on my cards. I did the, you know, added her authorized user. And before she even moved here, you know, cause she, she's actually has U.S. citizenship. So she was able, I was able to do it cause she had a, a social security number and everything. Okay. And before she even moved here, she had like a 740 score 
just from adding on to my trade lines. Yes, because you helped her with credit age, helped her with utilization, and you helped her with payment history. Like adding an authorized user trade line, because there's five factors when it comes to credit, but just out of the out the gate, you you hit all three. So mm -hmm. which is the most important being payment history, and then the second one being utilization. So payment history is worth 35%, utilization is 30, and then credit age is 15%. You can you find out the strategy, strategy for those three. It's a game changer. Now you now all she got to do now is just see if she can get her own high limit car. She may have to add a couple more things on there. Go out and get her some rentals, and hey, she in the game. She ready, right? And yep. and so and yeah, they are. She already got a car. I mean, she already got a car when she got here. I literally have eighteen year olds using this same strategy and getting their own short term rentals and live and starting their own Airbnb businesses, like using the same strategy with trade lines and and leveraging their credit. And they eighteen and nineteen year old college students. Mm. I mean, rich people have been doing it for years. They put their kids on their credit cards, right? And boom, they yeah. got 800 credit score right rich off the bat. Politicians. It's only when the, when the regular people start doing it. Now they want to regulate and <laughs> oh, they can't do it. But y'all asses been getting a, getting away with it forever. <laughs> see, see, this is, you know, we go all over on this show. But the, the number one thing that pissed me off about Trump is he was giving all the rich people secrets away and all these politicians are attacking him now. I'm like, man, y'all, we're just learning this stuff and now you're messing it up for all of us. <laughs> that put me in the game. I'm just trying to learn the game. Don't hate the game. Like, just let me be. I just want to win a little bit. That's all I'm trying to do. A little bit. I want to do yeah. some cross-segregation studies on my properties and get that big old chunk of, you know, refund back like like the rich people do. And now they're all, oh, they're all looking at I it now, man. Too. Learn a little bit. That's why I try to come and rub elbows with the rich people because I want to know what the hell they doing. Like, what mm. y'all doing? That's why it was very important for me. I wanted to get um, short-term rentals in Miami because I know it's a global city, but I also wanted, I want to see what the movers and shakers got going on. Like, what what's going on with these high risks? How y'all affording this? What can I do? And one thing I realized about a city like Miami is lifestyle. You're pretty much selling lifestyle here. So mm. visit. they want to stay in the high-rise. They want the condo. They want the yacht. They want to feel like a celebrity. So you just got to capitalize off of it. You got to drive the Lambo, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So so is, is there still room in Miami? Can I get in there? Oh, no. It's a little tight. Man. It's tight. But one thing I will say that I'm not liking about this market, the rent is very high here. It's like um, post-pandemic, rent literally went up. Oh, my God. Like a, a two-bedroom condo that would have cost you let's say $1,900 a month, that same condo now is probably about $4,000 a month now. Oh my God. It, it, it's crazy. These prices are crazy. This building behind me, I don't know if you can see it. It's like a building literally behind me. A two bedroom in that building is $35,000 a month. <laughs> it's called the 100, what, 1,000 Museum. You can, you can Zillow it. Y'all think I'm lying? Go on Zillow, put in 1,000 Museum. And look at a two bedroom, two bath. They start the cheapest unit you will find in there would be thirty five thousand a month. Is that where Grant Cardone lives? I don't know who the hell stayed. <laughs> 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 no, somebody told me David Beckham bought like the first three floors and turned it into some like mega penthouse. Oh my goodness! Like, yeah. <laughs> but the building's always empty. Like I never see nobody in there. That's crazy shit. But it ain't crazy because who the hell is paying thirty five thousand dollars a month to stay somewhere? Unless maybe Drake uh, needs something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they just want to show the taxman, hey, I live in Florida, so you can't come after me. So it's thirty five thousand a month. There's one in there for like fifty two thousand a month. It's crazy, crazy. Mm. I don't know. 
hey, you can ball out for a month. I can, I can afford one month rent. <laughs> you got to be doing some serious OnlyFans. To- <laughs> <laughs> that, that don't happen in Miami. Come on. Yeah, like, <laughs> like crazy. Uh, and so, so speaking of OnlyFans, the girls just walk around the streets in Miami recording themselves all day. Is that what goes on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I love Miami. Miami is paradise. It's a whole different animal because I also have short-term rentals in Houston and Dallas. And those are two totally different markets from Mm -hmm. Miami. Houston, I don't really love so much. Oh, no offense to Houston, anybody from H-Town. But um, yeah, I I like Dallas. Houston, I'm on the fence about. I have a love, love, dislike sometime relationship with that market. Mm, yeah yeah it's um houston was pretty good to us at first and then it got really saturated but then everybody quit oh, there everybody you go quit it's coming back up it's coming back up they ain't quit enough because <laughs> <laughs> i have like 14 there and oh my god I, that's exactly i'm like oversaturated people started jumping in the market underpricing rents went up because things that were usually cheaper they they pretty much jumped on the post-pandemic pan, um, bandwagon taking advantage of rental uh, the rental market and yeah that's why i'm like i have a love dislike i don't want to say hate that's such a strong word but <laughs> Yeah, that market got truly oversaturated, truly. It's the Wild West. There's no rules. None. And that's the problem, you know, and and in markets like that, in order to capitalize, you need to get in there before everybody, before the masses come. Because once the masses come, it's either they're going to regulate it or it's not going to be enough money and you kind of fighting for scraps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fight uh, race to the bottom. um, turnkey investors that um, actually uh, we were able to get uh, some units in Houston for them as well. And it's just some of the, it's, it just didn't pan out for maybe probably two or three of them. And it, it left a better taste in their mouth, but the market is going to do what the market is going to do. Only thing you can do is pivot and transition. You can't, we can't dictate the market. We just have to ride the wave until all of this pans out. Mm. So you do mostly arbitrage? I do all arbitrage. Okay. Yeah. So I don't own any of my properties. So how did you get into the arbitrage game? Sneaking. <laughs> you didn't ask for permission i guess yeah i'm just gonna my thing about me i'm gonna keep it real i'm very transparent i'm i don't be lying about nothing i started out but i won't never do that no more because remember i told you i felt like i was selling cocaine so we ain't doing that no more so started out sneaking got the lease and in my mind it was oh i ain't gonna get caught i i had it down to a science i actually did i did it for a whole year before i even got caught but it's never you it's always the guests that don't follow mm-hmm. the damn instructions it's never you. Trust me. You're going to get caught. It ain't even going to be your fault. You're going to have a whole perfect formula, but somebody going to fuck up. Excuse my language. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started out with sneaking and then learning so much from the sneaking got really, really, really great at what I was doing. and was like, all right, now nah, it's time to go and find people that uh, properties that are going to literally allow me to do this full disclosure. I don't want no, if if they even blink their eyes and tell me I can't do it, I'm not even going to deal with the property. I'm I'm investing way too much money. It's too much at stake here. This is a real business for me. This is not something I'm just doing as a hobby or to get side income. So this is my livelihood. So I have to make sure that I'm compliant with it. And so that's pretty much how it started from there. But it definitely started out with sneaking. And I got caught because a couple got into a fight. And the guy broke the girl's nose. And they called the police, and yeah, it got crazy, man. 
Yeah, that is nuts. I mean, and, and then we've a lot of us have started out like that, you know, under the radar kind of thing, you know, you know, creeping a little bit. And so and um, but you always, yeah, like you said, you always get caught. You can't control what the guests are going to do. You can tell them all day. Hey, don't go to the front desk. Don't you know, someone's going to go to the front desk. Hey, um, I'm looking for my Airbnb. You know, someone's going to do something stupid. It always happens. Right. always because you know in america it's hotel culture so it's when you go check into a hotel you go to the front desk you ask questions their concierge service they can help you so people equate an airbnb to be the same when they get lost the first thing they want to do is run to the leasing office and say hey i'm here for the airbnb and you specifically put in the instructions don't go to the damn leasing office so now and then here comes the leasing agent that thinks they're going to get a bonus for, you know, oh my God, we found one. Now they want to, <laughs> they want to do them inspections with 24-hour notices. And yeah, it's just a disaster. So, so yeah, my advice, full disclosure, I don't do it. It's interesting you say that because, um, yeah, hotel culture. And I would say, you know, generations my age and up. Maybe is, is, is yeah, we're, they were all, we we're all used to hotels, how they did it. You checked in, got your, your card, you got your key, whatever. And that was it. And, and asked them any questions and all that stuff. But, but the, um, I, I've, I've noticed, cause I talked to a lot of a younger generation and they exclusively use Airbnb. So they don't even know, you know, the hotel thing. It's kind of like the newspapers of the past, right? They heard about them. They know they exist. <laughs> all they use all they use is airbnb and, and so i'm that makes me excited about the future of this industry yeah. you know a lot of people are scared oh they're gonna ban it everywhere well no. yeah no. Uber, yeah uber remember i mean they're same thing you know that the taxi cabs we're, we're fighting this blah blah blah. and who won the, the freaking uber won, right and, and so i think it's the same situation yeah. so we'll, we'll be all right we'll be all right for the future so um you had mentioned yeah. um airbnb is definitely here to stay I don't see this industry going anywhere. It's way too much money to be made. It's a a billion dollar industry. The thing is, what's happening now with the industry, those of us who are really in it and and actually doing a business with it, we're going to stick through it and we're going to ride the wave and go through the turbulence. The ones that don't belong in the game, they're just going to exit stage love. Simple as that. And it'll just keep going. You know, it is what it is. It's not going to go anywhere. It's too much money at stake. And too many people love the actual platform itself. Of course, it's a few bad apples in the bunch, but you know that's in any industry. Usually, it's not going to get around that. Yeah, and, and you said something important too, because like if you, people that treat it like a business are going to be successful, people that are just trying it out and you're going to go get their arbitrage, pay way too much for rent, and exactly. not get any discounts, not get any first month off, second month, whatever. And then just fill it with expensive furniture and they're not even going to make their money. They're probably going to lose, you know, they're going to lose, they're going to go up against us seasoned, you know, professionals who know how to fill in the, fill in the middle of the week. Right. They don't even know how to do that. So they're going to get, they're going to get all of their uh, weekends cherry picked. They're going to get all their holidays. Someone's going to book their Christmas, like five months out, you know, do They're going to make so many mistakes and they're just going to get, you know, killed on, on do it, trying to do it. And the thing is, it doesn't help that so many people, and I think the pandemic actually did it too, because, you know, you see some people, oh my God, I jumped into Airbnb. I don't own the property. I don't have no money. And I'm guilty of it because I've taught people how to do it. And mm-hmm. then so, you know, you just go get a place. You don't do your numbers. You just buy furniture. You throw it in there and you just list it and like, okay, let's see what happened already to make the money. And so yeah. that's pretty much part of the problem. But mm-hmm. 
it, it, it'll it'll definitely work itself out. Like it is what it is. It's just right now, it's just a little turbulent. Some of the some of the markets are experiencing softness, like Houston being one of them. Mm -hmm. To me, Dallas, I know they have a lot of the STR regulations, but Dallas is still a good market. Yeah, we we have uh, a lot of units in Dallas right now, so <laughs> it yeah. did hit a little. And it's a great market. Oh my goodness, great market. I like Dallas. I, I, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, of course, every business is moving here, right? And plus, um, a lot of people are moving to this area too. So they need a spot to stay while they're looking for a house or, or um, you know, they're getting a new job here, all this stuff, they're relocating here. So so it does, I mean, there's always a need for housing here. Now, it, it did get quite saturated for a while there, and those people are slowly falling off and, and jumping out of the game. But um, it's it's still we like Dallas, uh, Fort Worth over here do, does pretty good for us. You know this area, this North Texas area. Fort Worth. Yeah. 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 Fort Worth is good too. Fort Worth, Fort Worth is a good a good area. Texas in general is good. I just don't know what the hell was going on in Houston. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's just a good, it's a good, but Texas is a good, good food, nice people. You know, um, it's just like you said, the people, the seasoned vets that know what they're doing. We'll ride the wave. It will come out with a victory. The ones that don't, they'll just unfortunately they'll been and had their experience on how it felt to have a short term rental for a very short time. Mm -hmm. Hey, I like that. Uh, so, 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 what are some tips? Like you said, a lot of a lot of people just throw furniture in there, list it, and, and be done with it. What are you? What are some uh, some tips that you could make a unit look really nice for and not make any mistakes and get everything it needs and, and not be like crazy expensive? Offer up using sites like that where you buy used furniture. Of course, you know um, Amazon is my go-to. I'm gonna lie because you know you have stuff that's cheap you can get ordered in time. And then also if you can find a, a local furniture company that you can buy bulk, you can get stuff for wholesale pricing or right above cost, then that helps as well. So, you know, it's just about being strategic. Like we're not buying thousand dollar couches unless we well, what we charge it, five thousand a night, then yeah. <laughs> so like in a place, even in, even in a place like Miami, we want the luxury and the look of expensive, but we don't have to spend a ton of money to make that happen. You can get an inexpensive wallpaper, find, like you say, used goods that are just in good mint condition. Like there's things you can do to make your place look stunning that you don't have to spend a ton of money, but you also want to come up with a budget per room of what you're spending so you won't overspend and be careful about your maintenance guys and your handymans that have to put furniture together because they can get a little pricey too. Because when people know you're doing Airbnb, they start trying to overcharge you that's another mm. thing especially people that build furniture and stuff they want to charge oh i charge fifteen hundred dollars to put a one bedroom together crazy yeah <laughs> yeah dude did that to me that literally happened to me like he was like oh yeah to, to put two beds together hang up two tvs build a table and something else he was like it's be 1500 i'm like damn we got to come up with a better rate than that it's not going to work so everything is negotiable mm. when me everything is negotiable it's up to you just to tell me no so so what are some things that you think that you put in your units you know that kind of separates you from the pack some some things that you wouldn't even think about it's a good idea to, to add to a unit that people love and, and and it does great for you believe it or not the little alexa units the tiny alexa units from amazon that has like the speaker and it's like an alarm clock that can wake them up they can play music people like that that's something that's really good that we noticed that people are like, okay, this is cool. 
definitely ring lights for the girls that do makeup and you can't have enough mirrors. So like that's that's even me when I go to people's Airbnbs, they don't have mirrors, like, you know, full length mirrors to when you're getting ready, when you're getting dressed. Um, that's definitely a big thing. And then extra towels. Stop being stingy on the towels. Just go buy a hundred damn towels and just leave it in the unit. They spill them, they spill them. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just can't have enough towels for real but like, I come to think of it that's one of the best compliments we that we get is towels of the yeah. most frequent compliment is that oh they had the these luxurious towels and there was plenty of them i like towels and just leave them stop being stingy stop giving people one towel per person and your place sleeps 10 people like mm. stop being stingy just put the damn towels in there it is what it is get the good quality ones and call it a day so that's towels. People don't realize that's a make or break for people when they go on the standies. Like extra towels, extra linens. Because when you go to hotels, remember you have to think like hotels think too. There's there's no limit on you asking them for towels and extra pillows, extra sheets. So you need to have those things. But even little smart, like even touches of little smart things, like the little Alexa smart hubs. Now, even though that's one thing in your unit, now you've turned your unit into a smart hub. Well, that's, mm. that's that's what I put in my list. <laughs> nice, smart yeah. hub. I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down. We're gonna order those People today. Like little gadgets and stuff like that. But just make sure that you keep a note of it so you can charge if somebody steals it. Because you'd be surprised. People be stealing out here. Well, you oh, won't yeah. be surprised. I'm sure you know. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. People like to take things. Um, <laughs> now, you mentioned hotels. I remember like back in the day, because at first they do give you only a couple towels, right? But so the cleaning lady leaves the card out. You know, I've rated the cleaning lady's card just to bring some more towels into my hands. <laughs> <into> my... <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, people want to use a new towel every day, you know? So it's like, even if it's something that you don't encourage, but definitely... You know, if you can have those extras, extra amenities, those, those it's a make or break. I even leave a bottle of wine for check-in for all of my units. Mm. Cheap little $5 bottle of wine. Remember, all this stuff is a tax write-off. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's a tax write-off. This is a gift. Hey, thank you for, uh, you know, staying here. We really, we welcome you. Here's a toast on us for your, for your stay in Miami or your stay in Texas or Dallas or whatever. Now, what about, uh, I'm assuming you use smart TVs. Do you, do you leave apps for them? Do you, do you leave anything yeah. for them? I leave the apps on. Um, nobody can't order nothing though. Don't, do not be ordering <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> movies and all that foolishness, but we do use the apps. Um, some people do get upset because I don't really put cable in the phone. I only use the smart apps and some, it's, so it's a, it's, I'm kind of still on the fence about it because some people really do want cable. There's still some people that want to watch the game. They want to watch. So, you know, if it's a complaint about it, then we may just say with that, you know, okay, let's just put some cable in there. Just get a cheap, the cheapest package available. It's usually mostly just smart TVs. But now, definitely now, for music. And now the, the one one tip that I, I, I tell everybody, you know, okay, you got the smart TV, yeah, access to all the apps, that's fine. And they log into their own apps, cool leave a couple for them if you want to leave and you know have a, a netflix or something like that going for yeah, them definitely netflix. yeah right right but most i say most people have their own netflix account but still you know leave some leave a couple apps for them whatever yeah. but i always say you know people forget to put a, a an antenna on the tv too because you mentioned the games you mentioned the games and and these things these tvs i mean unless they have the cable app and or the direct tv or whatever it is 
they can't access these games, you know, and, and a lot of them might have it at home, but they don't know their login to get into it and all this stuff. So they're asking you, Hey, I want to watch the game, blah, blah, blah. And, um, but most, most of the games come through regular TV, you know, of, of, at the NFL and some, you know, other big sporting events. So it's always good. You have your smart TV, you got the app, yeah, the app thing. always go get like a little $10, you know, $15 antenna that you mm-hmm. can hook up to it so they can get the local channels. Yeah. And I, that's why it's very important also as a host that you should stay in your unit for one or two nights so that you can make sure the unit, even if it looks pretty and it's nice, is it functional? Like, does it have everything you need or guess what need? And just try to do a checklist and make sure you have everything because people are looking for, and well, in Miami is different, but in a place like Texas, you're looking, they're looking for a home away from home. You want to have, like, we keep tea, we do coffee, you know, the Keurigs, all that stuff. But just go and stay there for one or two days just to make sure everything works properly. The bed is comfortable. Also reinforce your beds because people will break mattresses. If you buy these cheap ass beds from Amazon, have somebody come in, reinforce the bed. I can't tell you how many beds we have had broken. <laughs> and then it was like, why the hell people keep breaking beds? It's because the beds were not reinforced. So you don't want people calling you at two in the morning and the next day like, oh my God, your bed broke. And yeah, it's a disaster. Oh, plus they're on vacation. They have a little fun, you know. Yeah. Even for people that's like overweight, or like bigger people, you want to make sure it's comfortable for them. So that's why it's very important to get a sturdy bed. I had a guy that was like almost 400 pounds that was mm. standing in my units and he stayed there. It was a 60 day stay. I had, we went through two beds. Oh Lord. Yeah. It was crazy. And I didn't want to even open myself up to like discrimination. Cause he was like, you know, even though I'm a big guy, I still need somewhere to sleep. So, cause it was like a, I wanted to charge him when we got to the second bed. And he was like, well, that's not fair. Your bed isn't, isn't stable enough for somebody my size. So I think that's something that hosts don't think about. If you get someone that comes to your unit that's a little bit bigger, it, can your bed sustain them? That's true. Now, now we mentioned, um, so do you, do you not use wood slat beds? Yes, we do. Oh, you we do? We still get them reinforced, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah you, you double up on the on the wood, right? Yeah, still get them reinforced. To be honest, yeah, that it was a wood slat bed that broke. Literally, oh my god! If I could show you the pictures of the bed, like the bed was like flat <laughs> on the floor. Like, this dude, this is a big dude, man. <laughs> I never seen a bed do that ever. <laughs> just just the legs went sideways everywhere. <laughs> Oh man! But it was a lesson. Everything is a lesson, and we when when stuff happens, it's just gotta be like, okay, now we know how to deal with that issue when something else comes along. So that's how the whole reinforcing of the beds came up because I, for some reason, I get a lot of bigger people in my mm-hmm. unit. Okay, and and so you know, it, it reminds me because we used to we had a, de- a designer, and she's still a friend of ours. We managed you know some units for her, um, Sarah, and she's a great designer. But she loved these canopy beds and they look freaking great, like in magazines and they look great in the, the you know, <laughs> you're going to Airbnb. You already, you already know. You already know. So these canopy beds. Right. But man, there's so many screws and bolts on those things. And like you said, same they thing. People are on vacation, getting yep. their groove on. And, and so <laughs> we had to tighten those every week. They just, you know, they're just falling apart, man. So those canopy beds, exactly. stay away from those. And um, reinforce your bed because, baby, I'm telling you, this is you don't want to get that call at at six in the morning, somebody (laughs) on the floor. (laughs) 
the best. They, and then they're like, oh, you got the, the review. Oh, the best were cheap because, yeah. Oh. Mm. So so when you get, do you get units in bulk? Do you like get them in the same complex, like a bunch of units at the same time? Or how do you do it? I try to get two to three at a time. I feel like when you get more units, you create more leverage versus just going in and getting one. Um, it gets better, nego- better negotiation room, you know, to get money off on rent. Um, cheaper deposits, waiving. I've um, with private um, landlords, I can't get any money off like first month's rent. These private landlords ain't giving a damn penny off of a rent, especially in Miami. Um, but in some of the apartments, we can get deposits waived, application fees waived. So it gives us a little bit more wiggle room for negotiations when you get more than one unit at a time. So I try to pick up if I can get four, I'm taking four, but at least minimum. Two to four is usually my like that's my my range. And so I can see how the property does. I don't want to go over four until I see how the property does if it's going to do well. And even taking longer term leases. Okay. And what types of properties do you like to pick up? One bedroom, two bedroom? Um, I prefer one and two bedrooms. Studios can do okay as well, but um, to be honest, but my my personally room of choice is a one bedroom. One bedrooms do really well for me. Nice, like nice. Travelers, business travelers, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, and what, and how, how much do you usually, how does it take to, to set one up? How much money you spend on a one bedroom? Mm-hmm. I want to say it depends if we're taking a luxury. I probably spent, my average is about maybe seven to $9,000. That's in totality. That's all in everything. That's mm-hmm. about the furniture, the handyman, the rent, the, like that's just all in, but yeah, about between yeah seven and nine thousand dollars. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. And but I do have a two bedroom. We spent about seventeen thousand dollars in that, but that unit rents for five to eight hundred dollars per night. Oh wow! <laughs> so it's different. So something like that, but it took a lot of. It's a pretty big space. It took a lot of money to get that place together. It's a lot. Mm. Of- what is up live let thrivers how y'all doing it's stevie stacks from the world famous live let thrive podcast coming at you with a question who is your pmp your property management platform the thing that runs all your things well i freaking use hostfully that's right the digital guidebook folks they're badass at that and they're badass at pmp and as well How do I know? Because I've been using them for a long time, even before they decided to start paying me for ads. And I've been through a bunch of PMPs that suck, but hostfully doesn't suck. They're actually the opposite of suck. They blow your mind with their awesomeness. They run all of your different listings across all of your different platforms seamlessly in one spot. Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, and more. Just a few clicks of a few buttons on your host for the PMP, and it makes all the changes and updates you need in every single listing. It's freaking cool, man. Anyways, you know the drill. Show LLT some love by clicking the link in our show notes for 100 bucks off their PMP, plus two months free of their badass digital guidebooks. Hostfully, baby. Trust me. They are legit. And so, and so when you're setting up these, let's say you do four units at a time, uh, that seven grand a unit, that's, that's like almost 30 grand, right? So, you know, seven to nine grand, you're around 30, $30,000. You're going to set these things up. So 
how do you go about, I mean, the money wise, you said you use OPM, you use uh, credit. So how do you go about um, using credit to set these up and then you pay it back? And uh, Well, using the business credit card. So pretty much because, you know, on the business side, it doesn't affect your personal utilization. So I don't have to really worry about my credit score dropping. So using the business credit card, using that to pay from everything from rent to the furniture, the application fee, ordering whatever I need to order online and not having to worry about the money coming out of my pocket, essentially, and then using whatever profits to come in to pay the card back in smaller increments over time. Um, if you have a card that's 0% interest, or you can get access to a card, 0% interest for like up to 16 months. I know Amex has one, um, Bank of America, Wells Fargo. If you can get a card like that, that's, that's the game changer because it's like same as cash. But if not, Essentially, like I tell people, if you're using, if you're creating good debt and you're using this money to leverage it to create more income, you're essentially buying income. You got to do what you got to do. So the terms and conditions, you, you might have to bend the rules a little bit because you're trying to use this money to create more income. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do what it takes, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so you're doing the, the arbitrage game. Are you, are you looking to pick up, like, purchase any properties in the future? Yeah, I actually am. Um, waiting for these interest rates to go down. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I am looking into purchasing. I actually have a property in uh, Tennessee right now that I just purchased, but I don't want to put it in Airbnb because I feel like it's not a good fit for it. But as soon as the interest rates go down or before they go down, um, as long as I can buy something that's below market value, you know, I'm all about the numbers need to make sense. I want to get properties. I'm not trying to go out and buy a pre-construction home, top of the line, top of the market and get killed with the mortgage. So. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, anything that I can buy either off market, below market, so that I can make the maximum income off of it. It's it's great. But not even just that. I'm even I even have a couple properties that I manage for other people as well. So I was able to team up with an investor and I just got acquired two of his properties. Um, and he just purchased five more. So I I've diversified my portfolio enough that everything is just not on, on my belt. I'm actually making money from, you know, the property management side as well. Mm, I like that. I like that. How you spread it out and do different things, exactly. you know, exactly. you, you want to diversify now. You, you have, you have to, right. You can't just put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, it, it is tempting to just keep, oh, I'll just do another arbitrage or do another arbitrage. Hey man, you better, you better uh, be doing something else with that money. You know, the arbitrage thing could, could stop working one day, right. You better have some backups. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, or Airbnb could shut down or like, you know, like anything could happen. So you want to be able to diversify and put yourself in a better position. Exactly. And, and um, myself, I do have, I do have um, uh, five, five houses that are like long-term rentals. And so, yeah. and so the thing is with that, to me, you know, when COVID hit, you know, I just try, I just changed the houses to, um, to long-term, back to long-term. Right. It's and, and yeah, and they did, and they did great. And, and so I didn't, uh, and, and all of a sudden, you know, rent started climbing, right? So, I mean, it's, it's um, there's, there's, you always have to have a backup plan. I, I consider like the, the long-term rentals as my bonds. Like if you have a stock bond portfolio, you know, <laughs> so those are my bonds, savings bonds. Those are the sturdy, you're always going to find a renter at a three, two, you know, um, yeah. 1,500 to 2,000 square foot house. There's always going to be a demand for that. Um, and I see the stocks, my, my wild stocks where I get to try things that, uh, that's, that those are my, um, short-term rentals and, and yeah. 
something else I look at too as well is that if you're gonna if you're in a position where your short-term rental is not doing what it needs to do you can always when you're going to do the long-term game be okay with coming down on the price a little bit and sacrificing some of that profit margin just so you can at least float the lease like it's better to make some money than to make nothing and your your property is just sitting there empty because you've been so stuck on, oh my God, I cash flow $4,000 last year every month, but that may not, that's not the case right now with this market. So you're going to have to damn it, sit back and, and go back to the drawing board and say, all right, let me be more, make things make more sense realistically from a financial standpoint with what's going on with the market so I can survive this thing. Mm, exactly. And, and, and to me, you know, because we have some clients we manage for too. And, and this and this one one client was, you know, I won't say who it was, but they were kind of freaking out because <laughs> it was a, a little dip. They had a, a month that was like a little bit of a dip, you know, and this is a really nice house has a swimming pool. I mean, I mean, it's high demand house. Right. And, and so this, this one month she was freaking out about, let's say August or September, which aren't, aren't over here. Those aren't the, the best months. Right. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's, you know, it, it's it's actually dipped lower than what my. You know, it's getting close to what I'm paying with my mortgage. I'm not even, I'm probably going to break even this month. I was like, I was like, better than nothing. I was like, yeah, exactly. It's a, <laughs> you look at the, the, the whole year. It's a whole, it's a whole painting, right? It's the whole picture. I was like, you, you made like 5000 to $7,000 a month in the summertime. And you're complaining about a slow month in August or September, but it's the whole picture. What did the, what did that house make you for that whole year? Nobody cares about that. No good deed goes unpunished. It doesn't matter <laughs> how good you did for her house. Because the truth of the matter is we are greedy. And investors want top dollar for a little bit. They want to invest a little, but they want to make a whole bunch of their money. Mm -hmm. People feel like we selling coke. It's back to the cocaine thing. I think my fast <laughs> coke dealer or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> but the truth is the profit margins can be higher than if you were doing traditional rentals. If it was a traditional rental, she probably wouldn't have even cash flowed as much as she did with the short-term rental. So just appreciate what you got. Be thankful that you're not like some people. I have a, a guy... One of my colleagues, he has 10 units in Atlanta. And last month, not one of them rented. Mm. Not one. Mm. So imagine being in that situation, in a scenario like that. So mm. if you got enough, to leave, even if you're breaking even, you didn't make any money. But guess what? You still didn't come out of pocket. Right, so right. it's still a win. It's still a win. And, 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 and so... It's funny. It's always like the grass is greener on the other side type of deal. You hear him say, well, I could just put this as a long-term rental and then I'll make this much a month guaranteed. What? That That's ain't so guaranteed. Yeah. Where do we get this guaranteed word from? Where does it come from? I don't you know. know. Guaranteed is taxes and death. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Guaranteed. Like, because what, what do you do if you get a renter that doesn't pay the rent? Mm -hmm. what are you gonna do? now you gotta sue them like these renters they know these tenant laws so i'm not a i'm not a long-term rental girl i don't like long-term traditional mm -hmm. rentals, to be honest but if i have to do it i will but people have to understand there is no guarantees and investing is what it is it's risk there's risk involved in investing you can make some money you can lose some money you can break even that's just the risks that are involved of course we want to mitigate our risk as much as possible but sometimes you got to take the L, come to the game. It comes with, that's why it's called investing, right? The game, people don't understand. <laughs> they only have people that making money. Like, I have turnkey investors that 
oh like when you know we started feeling softness in Houston it was like oh my god what's going on it's like it's an investment I can't control the market like we can lower prices we can waive cleaning fee we can do whatever we want to do but I can't take somebody's finger and make them press that booking link mm. I just can't do that and you, the competition is a little bit stiffer than it was two years ago more people in the market so now you have to be a little bit more savvy so when you say what do you do that helps you stand apart from people you got to really sit down with your team and say what are we going to do to make us stand apart like for real for real those are the type mm -hmm. of conversations that need to be had right now because those those conversations are going to keep you in the game oh big time and so and you mentioned you did like some you do like luxury high-end some of the units mm -hmm. yeah Okay, so what performs? I, I mean, love luxury, I love the luxury market, and I shouldn't say this is going to be very unpopular, but I'm about to say, but I'm gonna say it any damn way. Um, <laughs> I prefer a luxury market for one because it's a different type of guest. Mm. Somebody who's coming to spend five hundred dollars a night is a totally different guest from somebody who's spending a hundred dollars or eighty dollars a night. Um, and I experience spending big money to come on vacation they ain't even really complaining about shit they come out their bags they just want to have a good time about every damn thing from wi-fi to where's the extra towels what they want the sls experience for the motel six price <laughs> <laughs> and that's just me being honest if you really want to be honest so you know yeah the luxury market it can be, it's a little, you know, intimidating because the price, you know, the price points for the rent and the upkeep, but you're going to get a, a, a different type of clientele. It's no different than you go to somebody who's shopping at Family Dollar versus somebody shopping at Neiman Markets. Different type of clientele. Mm. You know, but you know. And you know, definitely. You're going to definitely get a comment about that one. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely don't call your place luxury if it ain't luxury. Don't like to throw that word around way too loosely. Everything is luxe and luxurious. Stop, stop it. <laughs> in a high rise with plush furniture, or it's not an exclusive neighborhood. Stop, stop using this word luxury. Not allowed <laughs> to use it unless it's luxury. And then as a whole, stop trying to charge luxury prices, and your shit ain't luxury. Just stop. Mm, making mm. it bad for us out here. You making it bad for everybody. You hurting the community. <laughs> yeah yeah so so do you use uh utilize other platforms besides airbnb i do um i use vrbo i use booking.com i don't use furnish finder um i use i even use facebook marketplace oh okay people like long-term renters so i i i dip and dab in other platforms because i'm like you i don't believe in putting all of my eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. um i even have my own network so i post in my stories hey anybody looking for a place Check it out. Put it on my stories on my page so you know, like people can see that I have units available. Um, we are gonna do a direct booking site. That's something I said I want to do this year. Um, I have my uh, website designer working on it, so people can just book directly with us without paying all the astronomical fees through, like mm -hmm. you know, Airbnb and booking and VRBO. They, of course, they have a farther reach, but it's also good to have a direct platform if people want to book with you directly. I feel like you know, it's nothing wrong with that. Oh, not at all. Um booking.com thing now now we've we've tried it in the past and had a lot of issues a lot of a lot of scammers and stuff like that stolen credit card situations and it hasn't been good so uh we uh yeah me and federico my, my business partner kind of gave up on booking so you gave up on booking yeah i gave up on booking like i know booking. booking is not user friendly 
Let me, let me be honest. I literally, I have a girl on my team. Her whole job is to put the listing together, do all the backend stuff. What I don't like about them is you have to pay invoices. They send you the money. Then you have to send the money back through the, it is headache. But I, I, I kind of like booking. I kind of like booking. I, what I like about booking is unlike Airbnb, they don't play mommy and daddy between the guests and the host. Mm. It's more like, this is your business. This is what the guest said. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Airbnb literally snatch money, send back fees, like reprimand people. I kind of don't like re- the, the fact that Airbnb plays referee. But I guess they have to do that in some cases because you do have some hosts that are bad hosts but i've had instances where airbnb ain't even damn near they barely listened to our side of the story and was like mm-hmm. oh no we're just gonna do this so right, that's right. kind of the only issue but i like booking so I, so now how, how do you protect yourself from scammers on booking or or chargebacks or they say hey i never stayed there well you we get a copy of everybody's driver's license every single person um and also we have them pay a deposit uh outside of the app if because booking.com will accept damage deposits as well so and they also give you the option to view the person's credit card that's on file up to three times so that alone is enough that we haven't had any stolen credit card issues with them now we have had some people from booking that come and don't want to check out on time mm. now that has happened but we literally had to be like yo we got to call the police what you doing so <laughs> like yeah I'm about to send the goons and snatch somebody up out the up out my place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, you're gonna leave. I'm not dealing with that. But that's some of the things that we do to protect us. And then in some cases, with some of the properties, we actually have to do a background check. So they have to send a driver's license, and we do a background check before we even give them access to the unit. Plus, we have ring cameras on the door, so we can see who's coming in and coming out. And what percentage would you say your bookings come from Booking.com? I'm looking about 30%. Ooh, damn. I need to tell Federico about this. <laughs> I need to get back. We need to get back on there. He just got, he had those, those scammers at first. He said, screw this. We're not doing it. And okay, we hopped off. There. How many scammers did you have to deal with? Well, he said that like, it was like seven stolen okay, credit card situations. The problem could be also, all right. So they paid, you got the payment from them, and then it came, they came back to you and said the car was stolen. Is that what happened? I think that. Or I they left the, the card on file and then they didn't pay. I, I don't think it got to the point. I think it got to the point where they tra- they were trying to book on these stolen credit cards. They never got it never got all and the look, way through. This thing, you have to be very careful with booking.com, right? Because booking allows you to book first without paying. So what happened was we got burnt a couple of times with that too. So in the beginning, they would leave the card on file. And then when it's time to charge the card, the card wouldn't go through. Mm. So what happens is anybody on booking, the day before they get to the unit, we have the everything has to be cleared with the payment. Like, and if the card that they have on file isn't working or we don't have access to it, then we'll send you an invoice outside of the app to pay us through Stripe, QuickBooks, whatever. So that was an issue in the beginning, but we're able to mitigate it by making sure the day before check-in, every payment has to be made clear, including deposit and a copy of the driver's license on file. So Mm. I can can understand what you're going through. I had actually ended up losing, I lost a $3,000 booking on mm. um, on booking.com a girl from chicago and she but the thing is booking.com also links with priceline so sometimes 
it'll look like they paid through Priceline, but they didn't really pay. They just left a card on file. And then you think that the booking is paid and then they done, they stand in your shit and it's four days that went by and you ain't got no money yet. Like, mm. so yeah, that was a disaster. So you, you do have to be very careful with booking. I said I was going to do a whole class on booking.com because- <laughs> <laughs> Please do. It'll be a very popular class. Because everybody's talking about Airbnb, but if you can really- like get booking.com on board, you can do, it can definitely help diversify your bookings and you don't have to lean so much on Airbnb. And then Furnish Finder, although I like them, I don't like that they charge you money to list with them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, and I've gotten past that in a way because I mean, you could pretty much like in Houston, like, you, you know, for example, you could pretty much have one listing there on Furnish Finder and then yeah. you got access to all the people that are searching, right? <laughs> that's true. That's you don't true. have to have, you don't have to have multiple in each city, just one in each city. That's fine. You, you, and you're yeah. pretty much covered, you know, because you could reach yeah. out to them and send them, send them your links. Uh, yeah. You know, like, hey, choose one. Which one you like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which one you like? Just pick one. So, so, something you brought up was, um, okay, people didn't want to leave. You have to call the police, this and that. I call the goons. The goons. <laughs> no, you don't call the police. Because <laughs> you used to be in law enforcement, right? Yeah, I did. And I know okay. how landlord tenant laws work. The police ain't gonna do nothing. This is a civil matter. So that's 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 all we ever got, you know, from, yeah, from it's a civil, civil matter. You take them to court. So you know what? Fuck, excuse me, forget that. I'm gonna send <laughs> somebody to get you out of my place. <laughs> don't air that. <laughs> and, okay you say goons yeah. i might leave it at that but i mean i've heard of you know private security you can hire that four o'clock in the morning we kicking the door in we snatching everything out the house and throwing everybody out and changing the no i'm just <laughs> <laughs> i need to use your your security service your, your goons Man. I haven't had that. We did have this one couple, and it was like, oh, we're leaving, we're leaving. I mean, it wasn't even a couple, it was like two crackheads. Mm. They had like needles all in the house. Oh my god. It was crazy. Oh my goodness. Literally, like I had to send somebody that was like, yo, you got to leave. Because the police, what are they gonna do? I used to be a cop. Like, I know people like to use that and they know that the police isn't going to do anything. They're going to say it's a civil matter. And now you got somebody stuck in your unit. Now they want to become a squatter. I'm not mm. having that. It's too much of an investment. So private security, whatever you got to do, get them out. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I like that. You're right. And I've told people before, you know, we, we call the police. They don't do nothing. They don't do nothing. You know, that maybe, like you said, it's not their job a civil yeah. matter we had a situation where someone busted out a window in one of our one bedroom you know one like a studio we had right i mean they they got into husband husband and wife or whatever they were boyfriend boyfriend girlfriend screaming match because we have other airbnbs in that complex so they they heard this whole thing sound like um domestic violence going on a window got busted out you know and so we hear about this and we send the cops the next day you know they're going to go check on it right and they pretty much just asked them a few questions did you know? Did are you all right? Did he do anything to you? Did she do anything to you? No, no, no. Okay, everything good here. Can we look inside? And, and then said, "All right, well, thank you." And then and they left. And I was like, "That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Nobody got hurt. Did somebody get hit? No, nobody got hit. Somebody got punched? Nope, nobody got punched. Somebody like break in something? No. 
So what it's, it's pretty much information. It's a civil matter. Now, but I was in the state of Florida. It's, it's, it's the same no matter where you go in the world. Like no officer is going to come between a civil dispute and try to, you know, the only thing they can do is write an information report. They maybe can ask somebody to leave, but they're not going to get involved with that. It's no different than if you get a rental car and you keep it for too long. Like it, there's a time frame that you have to have that car before the police will even get involved it to re, to report it as a stolen vehicle. That's in the state mm. of Florida. So oh, wow. yeah. sometimes you just gotta have your own security. So don't <laughs> your own squad, <laughs> your own goons. Security, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. So, so you mentioned okay. So you know we we keep it real on Live Let Thrive. So. And me and Micah have talked about uh, have talked about this in the past, right? And, uh-huh. and you know Micah? Do you know Micah? No, I don't know Micah. Okay, okay, yeah, he's seven. But I've tall. seen him. I've seen him because yeah. I watched a couple of you guys' other episodes. Okay, yeah, he's and so we keep it real, you know. And so and, and we talk about this. So when when I started putting my face on my Airbnbs, you know, as my profile picture, or whatever. Hey, lo and behold, a lot of Mexicans started booking my places, right? And then he said the same thing. He put his face on there. A lot of black people, you know, booked his place. Now, do you do you put your face as your profile? Okay. Oh. What do you use? <laughs> <laughs> you won't see the black girl with braids with the hoop earrings on my profile. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> You'd be good in Houston. Name. Or I'll use a, a, a stock photo of like a girl on a balcony with her back turned. No, I won't use my face. I won't. Is it a white girl? Be no, it's a, it, she could be. She could be mixed. Okay. Racially so, ambiguous. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it gotta be like that, but it is what it is. So it is what it is, so, right? And then especially, uh, especially with the Miami units, I get a lot of people from like Argentina. I get a lot of um, people from Asia, which it may not even be a big deal for them when they meet me. It's like, oh, okay. But online, no, I'm not. I'll, I'll just, I'm gonna hide behind the profile. You won't know because I don't even want that to be an issue. It's just the world that we live in. It is what it is. So you have to do what works for your business. But me personally, um, I'm okay with using like a stock photo or a picture of something else. I don't use my picture. And plus with me being a, a micro influencer online, you know, I, I always wanna be a little careful too because I don't wanna have, you know, somebody who, out here trying to damage my credibility you know mm. post my listings or try to do something uh, you know for safety reasons too you know like if, if you're one of my mentees or you come to a class i'm okay it's open book but like just having the world have access and knowing every single move that i make i'm a little apprehensive about that sometimes mm. i'm a devote won't people even though with how this world works people can find out whatever the hell they want to find out nowadays but still that's true, right? Make it a little bit difficult for them, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to have to work a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have to work a little bit. Now, so I ain't gonna just give it to y'all. because I mean, I hear both sides of it, you know. And, and and then how Micah how Micah said it, I didn't even know this was a term. He said he said putting a, a white face on the business. You, you ever heard that term before? <laughs> yeah, I deals done. I have him make the call. I have like all of my staff is from the Philippines. So whenever something has to get taken care of, I have them do the call. And it's not that people don't trust doing black business. Let's just put that out there. But, you know, we are also living in a world that some people don't trust dealing with black business owners or black entrepreneurs. So they may be a little apprehensive. So 
Is this the game? Like we say, playing the game. Sometimes you have to play the game. If it means putting a white face on the business just to get extra business, then it is what it is. Can't make no business is very great. I always try to tell people hey, business is not black and white and it's an intellectual sport. So you got to think your way to the money out here. So if you notice, okay, I'm not really getting the bookings I want with my face being on it, then use somebody else's face. It's worked for me. So mm. I yeah, I can only tell y'all what worked for me. I'm not saying, but you do you. <laughs> so we covered a lot. Is um is there is there anything you would like to add? Like, okay, people want to get into the space. Um, and what what advice would you give to them? I would say to people that want to get in the space, make sure you got reserve money. Make sure mm. you got. Don't just go in with enough money for the first month rent. Because your first month, it may take some traction. It may take 30, 60, 90 days for your unit to pick up some traction. So try to go on with a little cushion. Don't use the last the last dollar and then you'd have paid the first month rent and now here come the second month and you're like, oh shit, I ain't got it. So mm -hmm. we're not trying to get an eviction prior to, you know, you even getting your business up and running. Understand that it is a business. It is an investment. You're going to have your highs. You're going to have your lows. You're going to have some ups and downs, but just be ready to pivot. Be ready to transition. Have you have your game plan worked out and take every L and turn it into a lesson. And you're going to mm -hmm. gonna run across some L's. I don't care how perfect you are with this business, how perfect you think you got it down to a science. Something going to damn happen. It's not if it's mm -hmm. going to happen. It's when it's going to happen. You just prepare mm -hmm. as much as you possibly can and keep it moving. Yeah, it's just like like sports, right? I mean, you can't, perfect seasons don't happen. They don't, they don't. So you're going to have some L's along the way. You just got to fight through it and get yep. to the end and win the championship, right? Exactly. I don't care how successful somebody online makes short-term rental business. Look how sexy people make it look, how enticing. It's no different than traditional real estate. It's no different than the stock market. It's no different than any other industry. You're going to have some volatility. It's going to be some L's somewhere along the way. It's just how you handle it. And how you is you can mitigate as much risk as possible, then it is what it is. Mm. See, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you know, I, I'm I'm close to quitting my day job. You know, I still got it. I still got it. It's hard. Oh. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to you know, you know. My it. husband still my husband still works. Okay. He still works. He's been with his job for 27 years. And you have to be ready to do it. Me, I jumped out here first. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped out here first. I'm very pro entrepreneur, but I do understand the dynamic of, you know, I feel like you should have supplemental income. I feel like, you know, the nine of having one of anything is not good. That's why I was like, I need to change my bio because I'm not a solo entrepreneur. Having one employee, one stream of income, one, like you need to diversify. So if you can supplement your income until you're ready to go, try to prepare yourself as much as possible but understand it'll never be enough money you'll never feel like it's the right time when you do it you're gonna feel like you're bipolar <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have every emotional equation that you can go through from oh my god like well me personally it was oh my god i quit the police department oh damn why did i quit the police department oh shit i quit the police department mm -hmm. then it was like i'm so happy i quit the police department so you <laughs> that whole you know thing and then the thing is but it's rewarding I, there's no risk without reward i wouldn't change it for anything in the world i love being an entrepreneur but do it when you're ready like you know because we have romanticized entrepreneurship so much that people are jumping out here and they're not even ready mm. so do it when you're ready that's a good advice and and, and on, on that note i was i was saying that 
people at my work they, they know I'm the I'm the Airbnb guy, right? It just got you know, I tell somebody it spreads like wildfire. It's work, whatever. You know, that's how everybody is. And so this past year, a lot of people that have been there for a while start, hey, hey, I've heard, you know, you're the Airbnb guy. I heard there's this thing you can do where you like rent a place and then you uh, you put furniture in it and you can rent it out again to, on Airbnb. Is that true? You know, and, and you make like a thousand dollars a month. Right. And I'm like, uh, it's not <laughs> it's not quite that it's simple. It's so funny, yeah. but but they start watching these gurus, right? And it's like mm-hmm. and they just think they're gonna just rent a place for fifteen hundred bucks a month. They're gonna make twenty five hundred bucks a month every month, and it's gonna be a beautiful thing. I'm like, not that maybe, maybe it was that simple when I very first started this arbitrage thing, you know, when arbitrage was very first started, but not anymore. And no. so and so I'm like, man, you know, I and it's I give them all the information. I, I, I put them in the right direction. I tell them what they need to know. And then I do, um, I'll, I'll even come up with some units that I didn't, I didn't want to pick up myself, right? And I say, here, here's some units in Dallas. Here's some units, whatever you want. It's ready to go. Airbnb friendly, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I don't know. I don't, you know, it's, 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 it's a hard life. I mean, it's, it's a different life we chose, the entrepreneur life. People like to call themselves entrepreneurs, think they are. You know, they, they took some guru's classes and stuff and they think they're an entrepreneur. No, no. If, you, if you ain't doing it, you ain't out there every day. You know, this is yeah. your, this is. It's, just a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a full, what do they call it? A paid hobby at that point. You know? <laughs> like, you know, it could be, and it could be an expensive ass hobby if you oh got kept, you know? So. And the thing is, because again, we have romanticized entrepreneurship, but nobody's telling you, you need a system. Like, you know, even with you working full-time, there still has to be some type of system because you can't just be jumping off the clock saying, Hey, I got to go over here and deal with this situation at this unit, unless you kind of work from home or you freelance. I don't know, but you need to create a system. You need a team. You need to automate. There's so many different things going in the background. And like you said, the market is not how it was four or five years ago. Things mm-hmm. have drastically changed. Right now, things are very shaky. We just riding away. People, we making as much money as we possibly can, putting out the best experiences that we can, offering the best incentives, just so we can just get the, we can get to the money and just hold on to the investments that we have. And then from there, we try to make as much profit as we can. But you have to be very savvy with it and understand it don't matter. I could tell you, I could give you a whole rundown on how to get into this game. Like you could do the same thing with like your fellow coworkers, right? But until you get out here and get your damn hands dirty, you ain't gonna never feel know what mud feel like. Like <laughs> I can tell you, oh yeah, it's this stuff called mud. It turns brown. It can really mess your hands up. But until you get your ass out here and really make a mud pie or like you won't know what it feels like. So it's like the knowledge is one thing. Applying it is something totally different. So you got to be ready for the, the roller coaster of the application. And that's what gets kind of tricky. And that's Amen. why turnkeys do so well, because people want to pay for the convenience of not doing the work themselves. Mm. But want to get mad or feel dissatisfied if things don't go the way that they want it to go. But you pay for somebody to do it for you. So you got to pretty much go with the way and the method of being, that's being used in order to get you to your results. Mm. Yeah, people want to hit the easy button, right? Hit the easy button. It ain't easy. No matter how you, <laughs> no matter how you invest, it's never gonna yeah. be easy. I tell people the same way you can lose money at a casino, you can lose money in investing. But it's good that you are, you know, still working and nobody. I always say dreams get killed in the break room. 
So mm. it's good that nobody's tried to kill your dream in the break room and they're encouraging you to teach them to keep going. Yeah, yeah. At first, you know, oh, you're doing rentals? That's that's so dangerous. Yeah. That's the what if, oh. what if this, what if this, what if this? I'm like, mm-hmm. what I if know. this job goes away? That's a risk too, right? Where are doing Airbnb? Like, just trying to be nosy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, hey, I'm not. yeah. So when I get yeah, when I got over 70 units, then then this stop they stopped being so um hating. hating started exactly. asking how how do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got motivated real I, quick. I, I want to yeah. do that too. Yeah. What are you what are you, if you don't mind me asking? What's your full-time job? Like, what do you do? I sell cocaine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should be in Miami, right? Uh, no, the cocaine game is not the same. I don't think. I don't. I don't know nobody with cocaine. Let me get a disclaimer. I don't that's, know. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, in Miami, do you have to put like glass tables in the living room or or mirrored I tables? Know. I don't even know if people even sell drugs anymore. <laughs> to be honest, this is like the new dope boy is scamming. I don't know. Mm. Like, like back in the day when you know it was like all these like co- what was a cocaine cowboy era. Mm. I think that era is kind of gone. So. Mm. I don't know if people, I don't, none of my friends do cocaine, so I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> my, I don't think mine do either. Yeah, but and I don't, not like, I guess back in the day, that was like a party drug and you can see it and it was everywhere. Now, I don't really, I'm sure people do the shit. I know they do. Mm-hmm. But no, I think now the new dope boy is scamming. That's, that's just my purpose. I, I guess so, you know, because uh, well, everybody's scared of that fentanyl too, you know, being in the yeah, hood. they killing you now, so you can't mm-hmm. even take drugs. You got to be careful. You might that be your last hit. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can go. We can talk all day about cocaine, <laughs> but this is a, a, a short-term rental podcast. Crazy. They're gonna be like, they talked about cocaine. They talked about goons. <laughs> <laughs> keep it real we keep it real on this show um now you, yeah. you mentioned what do i do i, I work for a, a major airline so i, I work for uh, a major airline that's where oh, I, that's where i get my money and um so i've been there 25 over 25 years so it's it, it is hard to leave you know but it's um it's something i feel i'm i'm getting ready for i'm ready for so yeah so that's what's going on with me but, Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that's cool. That goes hand in hand. You can fly. Yeah, that's great. It's yeah. not bad. It's not It's not a bad gig. So anyway, so that's my day job. But this this is taking over that. So um, and we're going to keep going strong. Um, yeah. So so thank you for hopping on. Where can people find you again? You said you find me at Charlie Nakia with two A's on Instagram. Same thing on TikTok. They hacked me on Instagram. So I'm starting mm. over from scratch. Starting mm. over. Somebody was hating on me, posted child pornography all over my page. Oh my God. Facebook shut me down. Instagram shut me down. So I'm starting over from scratch. Oh, Jesus. It's okay. Keep going. We live to the, this is a part of being part of business. This is, this is the, one of the things that come along with business. If you don't got haters, you ain't, you're doing something wrong, right? (laughs) Telling you. You can turn that into a song. Well, well thank you so much charlie no uh, i wish you all the best in the future i enjoyed it thank you it was good this is good yeah it was great thank you so much thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of live let thrive be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of airbnb and all that entails Bye bye <laughs>